my tagline is get naked. What does this mean? It gets people's attention is what it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, so originally it's, it's about taking that ego off, taking that armor that you're hiding behind. I'll take that mask off. You know, in, in, when we go into combat, we put our armor on and it protects us when we go into harm's way. And then we come back and then we take the armor off. We hang it up. We hit the showers. We debrief. We get ready for the next mission. In life, we put this armor on. We put this ego on. And depending on what is going on in our life, we never take it off. We feel like we're always under attack. We're just like always in that fight or flight, especially veterans, uh, especially high performers. You're just always on edge. You're on all the time. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram, and settle in for some low-key conversations on high-performance living. Let's jump in. For those of you that are hanging out with us today, I want you to meet an awesome guy, Mr. William Branham. William is a former Navy SEAL, 26-year combat veteran with the SEAL teams. He was a sniper and a sniper instructor, which fantastic right out of the gate. But he's also the founder and the CEO of a company called Naked Warrior Recovery. Uh, his unconventional ethos that he lived and swore an oath by in the military, he transitioned into this company to bring about a more natural way of recovery and healing for veterans, first responders and athletes utilizing high quality CBD products, which I think is fantastic because he's obviously the kind of the authority that's committed to doing that type of work. And I'm really glad he's here today, but that's not why I brought William on the show today. I brought him on the show today because I want to know why he decided to go from killer to healer. But before we get into that, brother, <laughs> that's a good one. And I told you we're going to unpack that. I want to first crack open this bottle of whiskey that we're going to share together today. This is the Ardbeg. You got yours over there ready to rock and roll? I got it. I got it. I told you I, I, take, I have to take notes. Hold on. I'm, I'm behind yeah, you. Hold on. You I got it. the red thing on. Yeah. You're going to love the reason why, folks. You're going to love the reason why I brought uh, this bottle to the surface here for us today. I've never had this either, bud. So let's give ourselves a pour of this real quick. Go while we're doing that. If you're hanging out, listening to us, give yourself a pour. If you're not operating heavy machinery, working out or even training or, or doing driving. something right now that, that doesn't allow you to kick back, drive in a car. Um, what we're going to do though, kick back, relax with us as William and I uh, get ready to have this experience. If you're listening in right now, I'm doing William and I shared with you earlier, I'm going to share with the audience, a uh, premium whiskey giveaway every month for the next year to celebrate uh, the podcast, but really because of my appreciation for the high standards that these vault masters and these distillers have for their craft of making really good whiskey. I'm not a big drinker, but I enjoy with people like you, combat vet buddies of mine, sipping a little bit of good whiskey, having great conversations, which is what we're going to do. So if you're hanging out with us, that whiskey giveaway is happening right now. And stay tuned because I'm going to make sure you get the link to jump into it at the end of this conversation. But in the meantime, William... This is the Ardbeg five-year-old single malt Scotch whiskey. Never had it, but first let's Brought toast. To right now. Yeah, here you go, brother. Cheers, as we say in Gaelic, slancha, which means to your health. Let's give her. Before you do that, though, give yourself a nosing of it because I want you to smell 
kind of give it from a light the moment scope. I opened it. It's like I'm like it's, I'm holding it under my nose and I'm like, wow, I, I could get a buzz just from smelling this. Who knows? <laughs> you you can't. And the reason why I want you to do that first before you taste it, and this is for people that are listening that aren't whiskey lovers, or maybe there are a lot of people that don't have the idea of how to experience a really good whiskey. We get caught up in the idea that whiskey is just harsh. We drink it and it's really kick in the face. But when you have someone who can take you through an experience, it changes your entire outlook. As you know, being an instructor, you're yourself training people, changing right. their perspectives on the way in which yes. they approach certain things is huge. With whiskey, and the reason why I do this with people that I bring on is so we can share in the experience, but also teach people how to have a better appreciation for it themselves when they're doing the same. So with the nose- right. it's what it's not about Go taking ahead. shots. It's not about taking no. shots. It's about it, enjoy the experience. Maybe exactly. it's neat. I, maybe it's on the rocks. Maybe it's it's however you like it. And I love drinking it neat personally. I call that keeping it real by keeping it neat. Uh, that just means no water, no ice, nothing, because you get the full-bodied experience. This whiskey, and I'll explain in a minute why I chose this one for you specifically. This is purposely for you. Um, but the nose, at least what I'm getting, is like um, black pepper and almost uh, – an oily, uh, uh, like a pine tar smell to it. It's like a, do you get that as well? Almost a, hmm. It's like a campfire. It's not too smoky though. Not too smoky. Well, you know what? Like I said, Slancha, let's give it a sip and see what our experience is. <laughs> Definitely a single malt. It's not a blend yeah, well, for sure. Not a blend. <laughs> You're a single malt guy too. Are you? I can, I yeah. can, I can go pretty much anyway, any way you go. I love it too. I'm a single malt. Uh, uh, personally, that's my favorite. And single malt just means, folks, um, it's one specific grain, the malted barley distilled in one specific distillery, single malt, and that's exactly what that stands for. And it's three ingredients. It's malted barley, water, and yeast, but the aging process and the different types of barrels and different regions of the country is how they get the different flavor profiles. Well, this one is in the Islay region of the southwestern part of Scotland, which is more of that seaside smells and flavors and gets the peated barley that imparts that smoky campfire mouthfeel. You know what's crazy? I chose this for you, William, because this was on my list for years, and I've never had Ardbeg ever. And I thought, how fitting this is called the Wee Beastie. And one of my friends, who's a former Green Beret, says, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. It's like a dragon in a bottle. And I thought, yes, how true, that's true. William, as a senior chief in the Navy, as a, a part of the teams, being a sniper, I was like, how can we match the fact that this is a very rich, complex whiskey? It's, it packs one hell of a mouthfeel punch. And I felt yeah. that was fitting for you because as a sniper, it's, it's the same thing. It's like you get, you get this kick when you least expect it. But it's it's just such an, an unbelievable, complex yet very uh, smooth single malt whiskey that we're experiencing. And I thought that was really good to have it on the show with you. So, what do you think about it? No, it's really good. I like I like your explanation of it. I like the way that you like <laughs> brought all that around. And and people who are listening may not really understand what you just said when you said sure. um, you get a kick from it, uh, even when you're like when you're least when you're not really expecting it. And to yeah. kind of like explain what that means to someone who doesn't know anything about shooting is when you're squeezing the trigger, your sights are on the target and you're squeezing the trigger, you squeeze, squeeze, right. squeeze. And when that round goes off, it should be a surprise. When that trigger breaks, it should be a surprise. Even, and I've shot like uh, match grade 
competition guns that have a three ounce trigger. And yeah. when you get really good, it's, it looks like a clothes hanger. It's not even look like a real trigger. And when you, right. you're, you're pressing, you're pressing, you're pressing and you feel the creep and you feel like people, if you, if you're not used to that, people wouldn't recognize really what was going on. And yeah. so it's like attention to detail, attention to detail, sights on the target, squeeze, 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 bang. And it, it goes it off when you're not, you're, you know, it's going to happen, but it should always be a little bit of a surprise uh, when you're doing very precision oriented shooting. Exactly. And that's the reason why this single malt, this specific whiskey, really, it's a whiskey. I love all whiskeys, bourbons, Irish whiskeys. I had a friend that talked about French whiskeys the other day, said I should try that out. But the, the, this bottle is like a punch, but not in a way that you would think a whiskey is. It doesn't It doesn't turn you off. It doesn't make you recoil. You know, we're going to use shooting terms in, in the sense of when you drink it. It's almost like, wow, I did not expect that. And to me, that's you're right. That's how you hit your target. Uh, again, I was in, light, in the light infantry with the 187 uh, Airborne Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division, and I was shooting constantly. I was a mortarman specifically, specialized in mortar gun systems. But rifle marksmanship, basic fundamentals, as you know very well with your 26 years of experience, is all about letting go of what ex the expectation you have for what you're going to experience and letting and trusting in the experience. It's a big deal. Right. I I like what it says on the back. It says reeking flavors in its path. There it is. That that's I was going to get to that reeking havoc in your path. I mean, you guys are so specialized with what you do. So, how fitting the Arbig Five Wee Beastie, right? It's Wee Beastie. It's a little bit bigger of a kick than you think, yeah. but it's a good kick. It's a good experience, yeah. and I honestly I've never had it, but I love it. I, I absolutely I'm not a big smoky guy, but this is phenomenal. So that's I'm getting like really rich oily mouthfeel with it which means just it's in the mouth sits there the linger finish is it's phenomenal mm. wow okay well now that we've talked about that um i want to kind of get back to you know again why i have you here and we're both being combat veterans we're, we we're always willing to to embrace the unconventional and willing to embrace challenges which is why that question is significant for this conversation is how did or why did you go from being this all essentially a killer to a healer. That's a big deal. And I want to talk about that with you. It was kind of by accident. Really, it was 100% <laughs> by accident. Okay. Well, let's, let's, it was, let's go after William. Yeah. It, it, it was not what I was expecting. So, you know, um, like a lot of people, like a lot of high performers who are, and I, and I say high performers in the business world, in the professional yeah professional soldier world, in the professional athlete world, in the, in the world of profession, professional high performers, um, yes. <clears throat> everything comes to an end. It doesn't matter if you are the CEO of a company, uh, maybe you started that company and you sell it. Uh, you're, you know, for me, I spent, you know, my time in the SEAL teams, my entire adult life was in the military. And then the day that I retired, I, I like the analogy of the, the Avengers movie where Thanos snaps his fingers and half the world's population vanishes. Yeah. That's the way it was for me. I went from having a purpose, having a mission, and having a team, and then overnight it was gone. One day I have right. it, the next day I don't. And right. I knew it was coming, but I didn't believe that it was coming. And right. so yeah, not, yeah. I, I like to say... Yeah, and so I like to say I have a lot of noise in my head from time in the in the military and, and some other maybe not-so-awesome relationships that I've been a part of. And so the only way I could turn that noise down was um, was booze, like, and a lot of it. 
So uh, vodka was my my medicine of choice. And so it was it was a a, like the only way I could go to sleep at night was pretty much drink myself to sleep or drink until I passed out. However you frame it, that was pretty much it. And so while I was while I was in the military, I had heard about this molecule called CBD. And um, but, you know, I was associating it with marijuana, although I don't have a problem with marijuana. I've never used marijuana, marijuana. I'm going to use air quotes here marijuana um but uh you know and and i'm a, I'm a child of nancy reagan's war on drugs just say no and but i'd heard you know on a podcast driving to work uh the guy was like everyone knows about you know sort of the medicinal benefits of thc and, and marijuana or whatever but there's this other molecule out there it's called cbd and uh, it helps with chronic inflammation it helps with stress anxiety it helps with sleep uh it helps with uh certain kinds of epilepsy it has a bunch of medicinal benefits and I was yes, like, you know, and I've kind of had already kind of started going down this. I don't I, I don't like the word biohacker road, but I started studying like I want to uh, I want to optimally I want to have optimal performance for the rest of my life. Got it. And yeah. and so I, I, had to, I had to fix my wagon. And so um, I got out. Also, when I got out, I was flat broke because, you know, I, I was I had a you know, my first family um that you know divorced you know my wife divorced me i didn't divorce her she divorced me so there's a tremendous amount of child support and money that went that direction plus you know she got 25 percent of my retirement um and i'm like just struggling over here Uh, you know i i say i have more i have more i don't i don't like to use the word ptsd but if you, I were to use it, I would say i have more ptsd from my ex-wife than i do from seven (laughs) combat deployments and right. so just so, <laughs> and it doesn't go away, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? And, yep. and, uh, and so CBD was a modality. So I tried a bottle of CBD and I didn't notice anything when I took it. But what I noticed after I ran out is that, you know, mm. I was less pissed mm. off. I was less angry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, my sleep was a little better. I was drinking considerably less um i the pains in my body i'm 100 percent disabled through the va the pains in my body were just like the they were less bad and so after i ran out i started getting more angry those pains started coming back i didn't really notice it um and then i tried a different brand of cbd i had similar results and i'm like i and to kind of like put it into perspective you know water boils at 212 degrees. I was probably living my life at 210 degrees. So it didn't take much to like hit that boiling point. So what happened over time taking CBD, I went from like 210 to 205 to 200 to 195, 190, 185. I, my fuse got longer. I got further away from that boiling point. Um, I, my quality of life just got better. And so I, I, was like, I think maybe this is my new purpose, my new mission, my new, the thing I need to do. And, yeah. uh, and so I was at a business conference that a friend of mine who gave me that first bottle of CBD, he was a, he was one of the speakers. So I got to be his, his VIP guest. And, uh, just to like, kind of figure, figure myself out, fix my wagon over here. And, um, I've met a girl in the CBD industry and I talked to her and she said, she said, so do you want to do A to B, B to B or B to C? Because I'm like, I, I want to be in the CBD industry. And, and I was like, I'm like, I don't 
I don't know what those letters are. I want to do C B D. You know, especially and when C-B-D. we know acronyms. Well, <laughs> right. I, my my head is full of acronyms. I you know yeah, even though I was in the Navy, yeah. special yeah. operations is really an army organization. Um, and so we do everything army. I went to army jump school. You know, uh, static line school. Then with the army uh, free fall school. Like a lot of army schools. I was like, no more yes. army over here. No more but army for really, you. That's enough. Right. But but really, like, everything I did was really with the army. Um, but, you know, so she was like, well, why don't you start your own CBD company? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And she said, you are a Navy SEAL. You can figure it out. So I kindly asked her for my man card back to never give that up again, <laughs> quite like that. I had maybe right, give it up right. in another way, but not like that again. And yeah, I went home I and you. I started studying. Like, I, started, I Googled, like, how to start a CBD company. And then I, like, through my research, I found out that the industry was, like, extremely dirty. Uh, you know, it was, uh, um, CBD has only been legal since, like, federally since December 20th of 2018. And then there was just, like, this big explosion. Like, oh, I, like, CBD, like, it's a very saturated market. Uh, but the quality was not there. The FDA has gone out and done spot checks, and they found that um, more than 70% of the products in the market at the time Either they didn't have CBD in the product, they had higher than the legal limit according to the farm bill. You know, they were it was derived from marijuana, not from uh, the hemp plant. Uh, plant, It was, uh, you know, high levels of heavy metal, mercury, arsenic, things like that. Where you're putting something into your body that you want to be as a medicine, those are air quotes. Uh, You don't want to be putting a bunch of toxins and chemicals and pesticides and heavy metals in your body. Thing like you don't want to put poison in your body when you're trying to like heal your body. So. Uh, my focus became like, let's make the highest quality product in the market. So, you know, we don't focus on quantity, although I would like to always ready to sell more, but we're really yeah, highly focused on, on the quality and uh, yeah. the, the, the partners that I, the uh, companies that I partnered with, they were, they were the leading edge of, for quality, independent third-party testing, not only when the oil is extracted from the plant, but also you know, the third party testing of the final product, because things do happen during the manufacturing process where things get contaminated or somehow the amount of CBD isn't really in the in the product that that companies claim are in there. So we test every single batch that comes out. You know, people have, have hit me up and they're like, hey, uh, what about this this company or that company? And I honestly, I don't care where you if you want it CBD, just make sure it's from a good quality, reputable company that does independent third-party testing for every batch. And so I would look at a website and they would have like a lab result for a product that they don't even sell. And I was like, well, you can go with it, but understand what you're doing. Let me, let me, let's, I I'm going to keep wrapping them for you. Cause I know it's going to lead us into like how you created five seal secrets and why, how you are revolutionizing yeah. the CBD market in general. Cause I can hear it already coming out of you. I want to just keep unpacking though. You said it was an accident that you yeah. went from this elite operator that again, for all intents and purposes, as people hear it, they're like, Oh, you guys were killers. Cause I, you know, you, we get asked that question all the time as combat veterans, how many people have you killed? And honestly, unless you're talking to a, other combat veterans. We don't really go around and tell people, you know, I've gotten to gunfights and I've, you know, sh- killed bad guys. What do you do? That was our job. That's what we, we were, were trained to do. Right. You went from that job and you fell into it by accident. Yet there's a, again, 
not, I met, I know a lot of different Navy SEALs. A lot of people, my brother would be in special operations as well. He still likes to hurt things. Like that's just his mindset. So at the end of the day, you chose to, you found that by accident, but it pulled you in that direction. And you realize I'm meant to go heal. There's something so different about you as a team guy who said, F the alcohol again, and we're drinking a little bit of whiskey. We're not shooting shots like we did in the military and we get home from combat deployments and dealing with the stress of what we just got done doing. We're enjoying something to allow ourselves to have the experience rather than overwhelming our bodies and our minds. You chose to do that from your time with the teams. What else was going on? How did you accidentally fall into it though? Because I know you had a secret security clearance. You couldn't really start doing that while you're in the military. That's not, not the cup of tea for those Naval special warfare, especially. So what else was well, really it, driving you? Know, it, you, that it, once you it was, yeah. it was, again, I was, I was lost. I had no mission or purpose, which is what okay. happens when high performers go from like having, we'll just go on the business side of it. You know, yeah. the CEO sells his company and then he's like, what do I do? Like that was my whole 100%. mission, my purpose, my everything. A yep. professional athlete, they retire. What, what the hell do I do with my life now? And that, that, Losing that mission and that purpose is like we as men, and I think it's mostly men, uh, we process things very differently. We process things kind of internally. We don't like to talk about what's bugging us or show weakness in any way. And uh, CBD was, it was the modality that helped me. And it had such a positive mm-hmm. impact on my life. It was certainly nothing I was ever planning on doing or selling right, or course. trying to anything, but it had such a like, positive impact on my life, I thought maybe this is my new purpose, my new mission because yes. of the impact why, that yeah. it had on me. And yeah. so it was, it, I had zero intention of doing that. As a matter of fact, yeah, all, the, things, all of the things that I do now, I had zero intention of doing that when I retired from the Navy. Is it, That's interesting how that works out though. When you are in a position of complete and utter vulnerability, where you absolutely are what I call white space ambiguity. And I've worked with a lot of those high-performing people. My clients are uh, celebrities, professional athletes. I've worked with CEOs on Wall Street, uh, hedge fund managers, and they are all the same alpha, a personality, just driven by statistical numbers, metrics of success from monetary standpoints, notoriety, and they have had to relearn and rediscover what their real purpose is. And there's, it's amazing when I put them in the state of utter vulnerability to truly push them far beyond those limitations, they truly discover where they really are meant to go thrive in. And it was like they got put in a space of, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. And when that yeah. happens, like you said, it's almost like this whole new world is birthed from them. It's the same thing what we talk about is when you are feeling nervousness, we talked about before recording, do it anyway. When you feel yeah. scared, do it anyway. When I was a, getting into bull riding after being a baseball player, I was scared shitless of my very first ride. And I was like, I love it. The fact though, I'm still going to do this. I don't care yeah. what happens to me. I know what I want to experience. So with that said, you leaned into a world that was basically a wild frontier. People are still having a hard time grasping plant medicines in the right way. Mm-hmm. They're doing it incorrectly. Like you said, you're experiencing from your perspective as a, a business leader and owner in this industry, how people are cutting corners, how they're yep. using low quality stuff. And they're trying to scale rather than actually giving a shit about healing people. You're, you're like, Hey, you, these guys are trying to kill people. You're trying to heal them. And it's going right. back to that, that perspective of naked warrior recovery is all about naked. And I think naked's an acronym we can get to correct in a minute, but yeah. For me, what I heard you say was 
sometimes being a high performer, you need to be put in the positions where you have no idea where you're going to go next. And that's when the answer is going to come to you. That's where yeah, you're going to find 100%. out what you're really meant to be doing. And honestly, that's, that's why I think it's important to have a team, especially a team guy who is unconventional in his warfare approach now is unconventional in how he's building this, this business to really revolutionize and change the industry. So we can start knocking on the door of the VA and start getting the research that we need and the money that we, we that is required to get these remedies into the hands of the veterans and first responders, even athletes. So we can start changing the way in which we approach our relationship to recovery. Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. So I'm, I'm in the, yeah. in the coaching, I'm in the coaching space for, you know, high performers and, and business people and things like that. And one of my coaching clients is he has worked with the Canadian government. He's Canadian and he helped set up these lounges around Canada for veterans. It's completely paid for by the government. Like one of the only good things I think that the Canadian government has done well. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, if there's any Canadians out there, we can have that conversation later. I'm, I'm not Canadian, so I, whatever. Um, but uh, at least in recent history. Um, and, and, you know, they're helping their veterans get better. Like he's like, he's like it's kind of like a VFW, but it's more yeah. of um, like you can bring your family there. And they've got yoga and they've got meditation and they've got, you know, other uh, modalities to help with the family members to get through some of the stresses yeah, and holistic. anxieties and very holistic, yeah, which is very deep. holistic. And, you know, they yep. they deliver products to to their houses and things like that. So um, so it's kind of cool having him as a as a coaching client. And we're also we're looking to try to bring that a similar model to the U.S. Also, I love it. I love it. You know, and it, something came up for me right away. I want to just kind of throw out here too. Um, I think it's sad and unfortunate that there's not enough emphasis. There's a lot of talk on how on taking care of the warfighter, but there's not enough emphasis on bringing in a more holistic approach to. Again, I understand in special operations, given my middle brother was with the Ranger Battalions. Um, you guys get the better equipment. You guys get, you know, obviously you have a little bit more access and leeway from the budget standpoint on getting tools. But even my partner and I talk about it constantly. Is like, why, why are we not bringing these holistic tools to the very people that we depend on for the, the protection of our nation, that we mm -hmm. ask for them to go fight wars for our ideals and our freedoms? Why aren't we giving them access? And it's weird how the controversy is still surrounding things like meditation and acupuncture. And it's like CBD, even utilizing psych psychedelics. It's people are misusing those as well right now they're not ready for right. them and they're just jump, jumping into it weirdly so when i got out of the military um i went to the va and said i don't want to take drugs and I, I don't care what you got i need to find something else they called me uh when i started working with veterans as well when i, I kind of battled through my demons and got to a good place and they're like hey you do this kind of work for vets you know you heal you bring real healing you battle through their demons you get them to a good place are you interested in supporting uh transcendental meditation program we're researching right now and it was when the government started to they spent four million bucks on wow. meditation so i went in and helped work out a whole deal program with them learning that and how it actually benefited combat vets that were dealing with severe post-traumatic stress so anyway i say that i digress back to what you're talking about because um I feel it's sad that we don't even already do a preventative approach for people like veterans and first responders. It's almost a reactionary triage approach, which is the reason why we have so many problems. But 
let's let's carry on with what you're doing in your company and you know talk about five seal secrets and talk about your focus because you're living your ethos as a seal in your business world as a coach as someone who trains and helps other people live their best life from a holistic standpoint let's dive in there yeah so so it's uh the way where five seal secrets came from sort of this get naked mindset uh yeah, yeah. i'm wearing a get naked shirt my i yeah you are almost every <laughs> everything i wear is uh yeah. it says get naked almost 100 percent of it so i'm telling naked, you for the rest naked, of my life i'm gonna know you by naked i'm gonna hear naked i'm like william it's that just naked william. guy i am known yeah, i'm right. known kind of as a naked guy from time to time there you go uh so, oh, yeah please. so one of the things kind of dipping into marketing a little bit i'll bring it i'll bring it full circle here but you know cbd is still demonized by uh social media platforms i can't run ads at all i didn't know that i didn't i didn't have any kind of uh uh, i I, i'm actually kind of happy about that right now because uh it's a very saturated space like it's a very saturated space every like everywhere you look there's a a cbd store on every corner and whole foods and whatever um (laughs) and so but who knows what kind of quality you're getting but um the about money they're gonna say right and so i i i didn't have social media at all when i got out and everyone was like well if you're gonna have a company you need to run ads and all this other stuff so i created a facebook account i gave them my credit card i boosted some posts and uh and then my account got deleted but some charges kept going to my credit card because the the post was still going but my like it took me i lost three facebook accounts and two instagram accounts before i finally figured out oh they don't like they're considering this an illicit substance i'm like it's not it's federally legal but they don't care uh they still took my money they deleted my account so i had to like find other ways a more unconventional ways to promote my my products uh another thing is you know they don't teach you how to be a business person in the military. They don't teach you how to run a company. They don't teach you anything else. I, I knew budgets and all that other stuff, but marketing, I had no idea. Um, just leadership. It, <laughs> it's just leadership. Yeah. How to, yeah. How to organize but a but team. the first thing, <laughs> the first thing you have to do is lead yourself. And so I had to like, I don't, I don't know where we're going. So I did like, so what I did is I hired, hired some coaches um, to help me kind of figure some of that out. And um, one of them said, you need to get on the biggest podcast you can possibly get on be unrealistic in your expectation of what kind of podcast you can get on and go for it. D- Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan, Jocko, like whoever, try to get on the biggest podcast you could possibly get on and, and get on there. Andy Frisella, whatever. And, yeah. uh, and you know, really more in the health and fitness or veteran space or whatever. And uh, so very unconventional way to market. But, uh, it, you know, and and so one of my coaches is Bedros Kulian, who is a CEO of Fit Body yeah, Bootcamp. Okay, yep, so Bedros is one of my coaches, and he he gave me that advice, and, uh, and I was like, okay, check. And then he was like, so do you want to be on my podcast? I was like, hell yeah, I do. So uh, nice. so there I was on, I was on that was the I was probably the fourth podcast I was ever on. Every other podcast that I was on prior to that, I knew the questions that they were going to ask, and so it was like whatever, like. Bedros comes at it from a very different perspective. And I was like, oh, I'm not prepared for this. Oh my God, don't mess up. Like I was on live TV or something. And so yeah. that it, it made me a little more uncomfortable. But from there, in the last two years, I've done uh, over 400, you know, podcasts. And so it's Love time it. for me to start my own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that'll, that'll, yes. that'll start, that'll start uh, this year. Um, 
but the the naked part. So I was like a, a little bit uncomfortable, like even using the word "get naked," because what if it offends someone? Oh God! <laughs> Guess what? Who cares? Yeah, so like, I had to like get out of my own way first. I had to get out of my own way. And I'm yeah. like, what? So what does this even mean? So my tagline is get naked. What does this mean? It gets people's attention is what it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, so originally it's, it's about taking that ego off, taking that armor that you're hiding behind. I'll take that mask off. You know, in, in, when we go into combat, we put our armor on and it protects us when we go into harm's way. And then we come back and then we take the armor off. We hang it up. We hit the showers. We debrief. We get ready for the next mission. In life... We put this armor on, we put this ego on, and depending on what is going on in our life, we never take it off. We feel like we're always under attack. We're just like always in that fight or flight, especially veterans, uh, especially high performers. You're just always on edge. You're on all the time. And so getting naked was all about take that armor off, take that ego off, take become vulnerable so you can find the healing that you actually needed. And that's what worked for me. And so I love it. Yeah. Go ahead. I got We'll keep going. <laughs> I want to hear more about that. Dude, I love your energy. And I, again, I like I'm excited because I love rapping back and forth, especially with veterans. And your energy is enthusiastic. And it's a, it's a it's almost like let's keep unpacking it. But I wanted to stop you, William, because you make a very, 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 very significant point. And everybody that is listening needs to pay attention to this, especially the young men that might be paying attention to us talking right now and realizing this is a, one of the biggest fallacies that we're taught as men is that we have to always maintain our armor everywhere we go. We have to act and perform like these macho protectors when, in fact, vulnerability utilized properly is empowering and it's very, very transformative. The reason right. why people get caught up in their in their their own shit and they get stuck in the pain and the suffering is because they have trapped underneath that armor that they have built upon their life experiences, like combat, and they have stuffed mm-hmm. down what I call their demons inside okay. them, and they don't know how to get rid of them. And then when they're challenged and they're put in these positions to face real healing, they feel all of that rattling underneath the armor, but they don't know how to take the armor off. So they resist it or reject it. And you just made a really good point is let's, t- let's get naked. It's time to strip yeah. it down. What does getting naked mean? Stripping it down. Your ego is a big, big ass kicker when it comes to you getting the help, the support, and the, the healing and recovery you need. And as veterans, we know that all too freaking well. First responders, I have good friends or firefighters. It's like when we can let go. And we can lean into the, the, the warmth of what recover actually means. It's not weakness. It's strength because you build from that. And that can, and then it, it supports you performing better than you did before. We get this idea that I have to suck it up and just deal with it. And I told someone earlier today, the only time you should be sucking anything up is when you're in a gunfight. At the end of the day, when, you, when you're a business owner and you're living in civilian life, you have no reason to suck anything up. If you stub right. your toe, yeah, embrace the pain. Embrace the suck of that moment. But when you swallow it, when you just stuff it down, it's like drinking a little bit of poison on a daily basis, hoping it won't kill you. You've got to change the mindset. Get naked, strip it down, get real, get the healing and recovery you need because when you do, you'll perform even more efficiently from that space of recovery. Yeah, and you know, man. A really really important thing with that is, you know, for me, we, again, going back to men, especially, we, we feel like if we ask for help, that's a sign of weakness. And right. for me, I remember kind of, I think maybe the first time I was exposed to that, 
uh, was in the SEAL teams. There was a senior leader that I respected a lot. He was like, all right, fellas, I got to go get some help. I got some, some demons or whatever. I got some noise in my head. I need to go get help. And I was like, he, they're going to eat him alive. We, and he got more respect for being brave enough to say, I need help. Like the, yeah. the, the amount of courage that it takes to ask for help is like so much harder than actually than, than holding it in. So it's, it's so yes. much more work. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, this is, this is scary asking for help. Yes. And, you know, I was talking to someone one time I was talking on, I don't know what room, how I got into this room on uh, clubhouse. And there was a girl in there. She was a psychologist or psychiatrist. I don't know the difference. Um, and she was <laughs> okay. like, so <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm dumb, medications, I'm, I, think? I don't know. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. Something. I, I don't know the difference between the two. But uh, she was like, so how do you feel? Let me ask you a question. How do you feel when people ask you for help and you're able to help them? I was like, dude, I feel awesome. And she said, well, why are you robbing, stealing that joy from someone else? I was like, I don't like you. We can't talk anymore. <laughs> what? But that was like, she just framed it very differently. So if I need help or I feel like I need help, why would I not ask someone for help? Yeah. yeah. People want to be, people want to be helpful. It makes them, yep. it makes us feel good. If I say, Wiley, can you help me with this thing? You're like, yeah, man, I, I know so-and-so and we can do the thing and whatever, whatever it is. And that brings you some joy because you were able to help someone else. Well, that, and, that's the thing is human beings, human beings at the end of the day, at the core of who we are, we are always, we're pack animals. So we, we want to be around other people that can it's like we bounce off of each other. We feed off of each other's energy to grow and become more and challenge ourselves. I think we've gotten completely just so asymmetrically um, disconnected from this idea that if I share, and unfortunately, William, and I know you know this well too, and it, even in my work and in the life experiences that I've had is the vulnerability you show is often used against you. People will take people's vulnerability in the wrong settings and they will utilize that against that person which makes people harden that makes them put that armor back on they don't get naked anymore they put all that those clothes back on and that's because the people that are utilizing your vulnerability against you they themselves are afraid to ask for help they don't know what recovery looks like they don't know what healing is supposed to mean they hear these words that has this weird negative connotation or baggage to it and they oh healing are you some sissy are you some woo woo guy or you know you just what's this esoteric stuff you're talking about with demons Rather than going back to that SEAL instructor you talked about who's just like, look, dude, I'm jacked up right now and I need to go fix this stuff. To me, it's the same thing when I had a, I had a, a sergeant major who when I was in my first uh, com- combative situation in a, con- in a covert reconnaissance mission in a country, um, you know, my first deployment, it's like he came to me. He was an old, crusty, airborne ranger. Sold school, 75th Ranger Regiment, command sergeant major, loved his guys. He's not, he's not afraid to tell you when he's mentally like not doing good. He's not afraid to tell you when he's emotionally just like fucked up. He was never afraid to tell us, Hey, don't be too prideful coming from an old crusty airborne ranger back in the, you know, old school guy calls it, called us his wild dicks. He was like, don't be afraid to straight up say, Hey, I need you to do something for me because I can't be my best if I do not face these truths. So I think it's fantastic because that guy, he made me feel 
like a, a better man in after that experience, after 12 hours of being in this intense situation, being shot at by the, for the first time. And he was like, you know, I want you to know X, Y, Z. And I went, fantastic. Thank you for giving me the space to be real about how I feel. Cause I was a young kid in the middle of a situation having an AK 47 pointing at my face, two feet away. Never without that guy knowing I was there realizing this is the shit. And this is, I've never right. had this before. And I felt all of these things come up. He gave me the space and he goes, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Don't ever be afraid to be a better man or a better person and say straight up, right. I need to get, as you say, naked. And that's, I think it's fantastic. We got leaders who are living and embodying that ethos. Yeah. hundred percent. And, yeah. but again, we're, you know, we're, we as men, we don't like to show weakness, but again, I go back to it's, it takes more courage and more strength yeah. to ask for help than it does to not. I think it's weak when you don't. hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's weak when you don't. I think it's weak when you uh, – do you know uh, – so Tyler Gray is that uh, SEAL Team actor who was a former CAG. Uh, he's an, he is, uh, uh, you've seen that show SEAL Team at all by, by chance? I have on, not. On Paramount? So I don't watch So there's don't, an actor on there who's so. actually a, a former active duty um, – uh, former ranger and a CAG, uh, a, a military combat vet. His name is Tyler Gray, and he said something one day on a show that I was just checking out. And he said, "The weakest person is the one who thinks they cannot be broken." Yeah. And I remember when we did a crash course, a crash course of SEER training in Afghanistan, and I remember how everybody they they were doing like mock interrogations with us. And it's amazing. I know you had to go through it your, yourself. Obviously, the the real deal, full blown SEER school, but. And it was crazy how everybody was like, man, I can't believe I broke that easily. And it's like, dude, everybody breaks, man. You just got to be willing to admit it and just realize right. it's just a matter of time. Break, don't stuff it down and act like you're, you're, you're too hard for this shit. Realize, man, right. you're broken. And I've had to tell a lot of CEOs that you're broken. Just be real with yourself so we can build you back up because so we get rid yeah. of the shit you're plagued by. And until you admit yeah. it, you're going to always feel you're, the suffering you're, screwed, that you're experiencing yeah. right now. You may look good on CNBC, but man, when you go home at night, your wife hates your guts and you're in pain. It's, you got to admit it. So anyway, that's yeah. a little thought I, I wanted to share. But yeah, uh, talk about five school secrets, though. I want to hear about that. Yeah. How so it relates to what so, you're doing. so a, a different business coach that I have. Um, yeah. Uh, other than Bedros, uh, his name is Sharon Shrivatsa. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> his uh, another foreigner. Apparently, I, I you know, uh, I, I like I like that uh, immigrant edge uh different different kind of mentality because they had to yeah. work for they had to work differently they had to work hard for stuff is you know we were in this mastermind group and he was like hey so everyone in here should have a signature presentation and i was like okay what's that he said it's any it's something that you are a subject matter on a subject matter expert on and you can talk about it for 10 minutes or you can talk about it you can you know talk about it for 90 minutes and so no matter where you are, you can, you can do this. And so I was like, okay, um, what do I talk about? SEAL teams, CBD, how do I pull all that together? Mindset. Uh, and so what I did is I took naked and I turned it into an acronym. And so this is a presentation that I get from stage quite often. And this is five secrets to help you think like a Navy SEAL. Cause everyone wants to know how to, how a Navy SEAL thinks. And of so I mean, yep. <laughs> I, even I, even I do. And I, and I did yeah. it for a, a few years. Uh, so uh, naked, the N, is for, it stands for never quit. And I don't mean never quit smoking or drinking or whatever. I mean never quit on yourself. Never quit on, if you have this big audacious goal, take that thing all the way to the end, whatever the end looks like. So the way you do that is you take that giant thing that seems unattainable. It's 
the 1% that the 99% don't do, and you chop that thing up into bite-sized pieces, into things that you know that you can accomplish every single day. And then you go and you accomplish that one thing every single day. If you do 10 things, awesome. But you have to do one thing every single day. You create, you, you, I call it create small victories. And you know, to kind of equate that to uh, thinking like a Navy SEAL is through, seal, through buds, you have hell week. Bud. Everyone knows hell yep. week is five and a half, five and a half days of no sleep. You're cold, you're wet, you're miserable. It sucks. You carry this boat around on your head. You work in little teams. And yep. uh, again, again, no sleep. But one thing is constant. They feed you four times a day. Yeah, so I heard. No matter how yeah. much it sucks. It's not like ranger school where they don't feed you. It's they no, feed you, you a lot. <laughs> but in so all you have to do, no matter how much it sucks, no matter how cold, wet, miserable you are, all you have to do is make it to that next meal. That's a small victory. And you just keep doing that every single day. You do it four times a day. And then eventually you're finished with, with Hell Week, and then you go on to the next phase of training and the next phase and the next phase. You just keep creating these small victories to get wherever right. you want to go in life. So the Love N is it. for yep. never quit. The A is accept failure because failure has been the biggest teacher of my life. We can do all sorts of things right, but how do we know we're doing them right? Unless you have failure along the way, you're like, oh, I just, failure it's all is easy. A, it, failure is the brother or sister of success. You can't have success right. without it. You have There's to not have failure. Work. That means you're not working hard enough. You're not doing the right thing. You know, I like surfing. Yeah. I live in Hawaii. I like surfing. I like all that stuff. And, you know, one of my coaches was like, if you're not falling, then you're not trying hard enough. I'm like, yeah, exactly. And so there's an acronym for you real quick. If I can, Will, before you go into the K, before you continue yeah. failure. And I, I thought about this when I was in the military, F-A-I-L, when I was going through pre-ranger and all those different things I wanted to do, F-A-I-L for me was finding answers in life. For me, as I, as I trip and I fall like on my face and got my butt kicked, I was like, I'm learning something here. There's something to take from this. Anyway, go ahead, please. Yeah. So, um, so I, I look at failure as like the make it your foundation for success. Like I have a very yes. deep, wide foundation for the success that I will have in my life. Um, yes. Or you you know the the staircase of success. It's 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 very yep. long, um, and it's built off of failure. Uh, the K is to kill mediocrity, because let's just be honest, we're surrounded by mediocrity every single day. We all have this little thing that we keep in our pocket. We keep it in our hand all the time. It takes up a tremendous amount of our life. You can take that thing and you can order ice cream and have it delivered to your house in 20 minutes or less. Yeah, it's, uh, it's can, honestly, it's softened people. It's, it's created a lot of too much, yeah. too many comfort, creature comforts it, for people. We're not, it's, it's, yeah. it's made us mediocre. And yep. so how do you kill mediocrity in your life? I say you compete. Start simple. There you go. Start easy. Remember those Pete small victories. Help. Compete. Yep. Well, compete in kindness. Compete in gratitude. There you Compete go. Compete in generosity. Love it. And then when you master those, then start competing with yourself. Compete against your ego. And once you're able to beat, compete against your ego and win, you will improve the lives of the people around you. Not only your life, but everyone around you. And everyone else will start to kill mediocrity in their own life. Yeah. So the K is to kill yeah. mediocrity. The, the E is expose your fears. And I don't mean lions and tigers and bears. I mean those fears that live in that dark place in the back of your brain that you don't want to tell anyone about. Those fears oh, yeah. that eat you alive, those fears where you're alone in your car, you just start having an argument with yourself or they keep you awake at night or they wake you up at night, whatever they, whatever that noise is, those voices, those sound, those, those thoughts that you have, all of those negative thoughts, those fears. One of my business coaches, you know, there's lots of ways to do it. You can have talk therapy, 
CBD kind of helped turn down the noise in my head so I could have more positive self-talk, which is really where these five seal secrets came from. Um, but you know, one of, one of my, uh, business coaches, again, Sharon, um, he likes to say that fear does not exist on paper. So when he has these moments and he's in the billionaire category, by the way, and he yeah. still has these like crazy stressed out moments, um, he will like, he'll pull over, he'll stop at a Starbucks when he's driving down the road. He's like, I need to get control of this. And he'll like take out a pencil and a piece of paper and he'll write down every single thing that is bothering him. And he'll write it down. Like, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, write everything down and then he'll read it. And he'll, and then he'll have sort of this like realization that that's really the thing that's bothering me. That yep. like, like there's like this magical thing that happens from your brain down your arm through that pencil onto that piece of paper. And then yeah, when, when you, you write it, it down, like, that's, yep. You're yep. like, when you write it down, it slows really? all this down. Yeah. It slows right. this down. So you make sure you've exposed yeah. that fear. Just like the, how do you kill a vampire? You expose it to sunlight. How do you kill fear? You expose it exactly the same way. Expose it to the world. Well, Maybe you share that's it with people. Getting naked, getting naked is how you expose fears. But that's right. the thing is, exactly. even with the work that I do, I expose what I, again, I label them demons. Their stresses, traumas, life experiences, their negative things in your head, energetically, emotionally, whatever you're carrying around. The only way you actually get rid of them is you face them and you confront them. You know a man's true strength when you confront him. And at the end of the day, that's the thing that's missing in our world. We are not really get. You can write it down. It's great. Expose it. Realize maybe what is really underneath this is even making me fear this. And having the right, right. resources that are, are in your life that can surround you and, con and confront you when that shit is happening, that's how you strip someone down and really get their power and potential unleashed. Anyway, carry on, brother. I, I want to keep and going it does with that. It, that's great. No, it, it's good. It, it's, it, and, it's, and it's not a one-time thing. It's not one and done. This is something no. you have to do over and over and over. Like no one wants, which really rolls right into what the D stands for, which is do the work. There's so much work <laughs> that we have to do in our life. Exposing yes. your fear over and over, never quitting, continue to accept felt, killing. Like all of that is work that we have to do. We have to do it every single day. And you know, when I, when I became a SEAL or when I graduated from SEAL training, I thought the hard stuff was done. I thought all the hard work was done. It's, it's going to be easy from here on out. And no. when I showed up at the SEAL teams, I had a rude awakening of like, it's just beginning. Like the only easy from, day was yesterday, like, brother. That's it. Yeah. That's why they say that. And so <laughs> when you, when you show up at the team, you're expected to perform better today than you did yesterday. I don't care right. how good you were yesterday. you got to reprove yourself every single day. And I mean, that's really Clint, what doing the work is. talked about that on his, one of his videos. And he's like, Hey, I, when I got up with buds and I got to my first team, it took me three to five years to feel comfortable enough <laughs> to even feel like, like I wasn't the new guy anymore. And I needed to prove myself. And the people yeah. are blown away at how long it takes you to do the work, the real work yeah. to show up. And in the military is that way with us. It get, makes us, it strips us down. It makes us naked. And I tell people this constantly <laughs> is it literally puts you in a position outside of your control. You have no idea what's coming. You don't really understand what you're capable of. And that is the beautiful part about what makes warriors elite is because if you're listening, you hear, you want to know why William was elite is because he embodied and he accepted his philosophy as this now naked, even when he was a seal all the way into business practices in his life on a daily basis. That's how you're going to be a better person is your willingness to embrace fears and embrace the unknowns and step into the places that challenge you, stretch you and make you do the damn work. The damn work yeah, is hard, and, but it's rewarding. And you, and you know, the, 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 the times that I was the most comfortable in my job, I had the most amount of failure. 
the times that I was the most uncomfortable, I'm like, I'm not qualified to do this. I don't know. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I was more successful because I was actually doing the work. I was doing the work that was expected of me. I was doing the work to always get better, to stay ahead of my guys because my guys were better than me. In my opinion, they were all better than me, even the brand new guys. So I was like, I have to continue to improve myself over and over and over and stay one milli millimeter in front of them. Yeah. You know, I, I have the last thing, because we're honestly, William, you know, what's fantastic is this time goes by so damn fast. Um, we're getting close to, to having to wrap it up because anyway, I want to get to a couple more points that you wanted to share. But what's fantastic is every single team guy that I've ever known or met. I mean, I skydive with team guys. Uh, I met Jocko years ago. I mean, you guys all have the same exact mentality. And I think that's just part of what <laughs> makes us, especially those the people that just get into combat arms, is we never go into it thinking we're better than everybody else. We look at it like, oh, that guy's better than me. That guy's better than me. I want to, and pushes us to become our best. There's no 100%. like, and when I was around leaders that acted like, you know, they were the better ones, I, I never wanted to follow them. I hated being no. around the guys in my 81 mortar platoon when I first got to the 101st Airborne Division with the Rockasons. Every single one, I, PT's on, it's snowing outside. I just got there. Nobody has rank. I don't know anybody. I'm a new dude. I'm showing up into this infantry unit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be my best for me. And every single guy that I met gave me an attitude. And I found out there were privates, E3s, and E4s acting like they're the senior NCOs of the, of the squad, cockwalking their stuff around. I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? Like, we're supposed to be a unit and a team. And I, I literally volunteered to go to Kosovo with another battalion to get the fuck away from them. I got into yeah. a smaller line 60 mortar team, and I thrived in that environment because I was like, that guy's badass. That guy's badass. They, and they showed it. They didn't say it or act it. It was just who they were. But I noticed that about guys, especially in the teams, you guys are all the same. You always have that. I'm nothing. These guys are way better than me. Even on the outside, when we look in, we say, no, man, you're an elite bad motherfucker. No, right. it's like, and what I, when I bring that up is everybody needs to pay attention to the fact that when you have that kind of attitude, you succeed much more efficiently and much more quickly than if you were the guy, that leader I talked about, who's just like, ah, look at me. I'm the guy you should be listening to. You better. And then they knife hand you, you know, those knife hander guys, you know, ah, it's like, oh, ah, sh yes. shut your mouth. Anyway. So I digress, but anyway, share what other thoughts you have on that, because I want to make sure that we're mindful of, of your time and, and things like that. We're getting to the end here, but uh, please, what other, what other thoughts did you have on that? No, I think that was it. And, and, you know, again, this is something I, I get from stage. Um, it's, mm -hmm. you know, five secrets to think like a Navy SEAL, like of course, going to much, much, a little much deeper. And if you want a copy of five SEAL secrets, you can go to the, the website, www. Someone told me once upon a time, if you say www, you're old. Apparently I'm old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we're all on this I was about to say, right? it's a, it, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. But if you want to tell them what, yeah. what that website is, please, by all means. Yeah, it. it's, it's, it's five seal secrets, not a secret. It's five seal secrets.com. Put your name and email in there and I'll email you a, uh, it's, it's a PDF. It's, it's from, you know, Google drive. It's a, it's a PDF yeah. that you just download and, 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 and look through it and, and read over it. And you can always come back to it. You know, I, after I even created it, I would still go back to it and kind of review some of what yeah. I wrote because, you know, I'm, I'm ADD and I forget. I'm like, what did I totally get it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's there really good. I'm surprised that's, with my own work sometimes. And that's what I, <laughs> like, I, mean, wow, I remember when I, I got that. Yeah. 
I remember exactly when I got promoted, uh, uh, I became an NCO, and uh, I took over the 60 uh, team after uh, going to Iraq, you know, and that's one of the things. I had field manuals around me constantly, and I kept going back to those field manuals so I can make sure. Look, it doesn't mean I didn't know my job, and I didn't, but I was always still nervous as a new leader and going, okay, yeah. I got to make sure I'm on top of my game to make sure my guys are taken care of. I'm responsible for four men. We're doing some really crazy stuff, and I got to know. There's nothing wrong. My brain goes 1,000 miles an hour. I might have forgotten. Oh, crap. How do we do that more ballistic computer thing again? here let me go back to this field right. manual and i love that five seal secrets folks is essentially a field manual for your optimization on how to get naked and actually live yep. a life like a seal and how you are approaching recovery here's the thing if you're still hanging out with us i'm i'm glad you are i hope you you know you grabbed a lot of the wise words that william was spitting here uh you can go to it's naked warrior recovery which is nw uh, november whiskey and it's a hyphen recovery.com yep. correct that's the yep. okay i'm gonna make sure all of your links social media, your website, uh, even for the five seal secrets.com is, is posted down in the show notes. So if you're hearing me right now, go there. If you didn't remember anything we just said whatsoever, because sometimes it happens. Um, but I appreciate everybody being here. Like I shared earlier in the conversation when William and I started kicking this off, I'm doing a premium whiskey giveaway every month to celebrate my love and respect for the high standards, the high performance standards of these malt masters and these whiskey distillers. Uh, the up viral link will be provided in the show notes below. So make sure you click on that to get into the giveaway. Follow the easy prompts. Attention to detail, everybody. Follow the easy prompts so that you're in the giveaway itself and you will be notified uh, if you do uh, actually win that each month. Um, if you're listening to the show right now on any kind of audio, please subscribe. I'd appreciate your support. Watching William and I on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, like, leave a comment if you feel like it. Uh, if you have something you want to ask William, something you want to ask me, either one of us, both of us, shoot me an email. My email will be provided in the show notes as well, and I'll make sure I contact William ASAP so that he can answer whatever it is you have on your mind. Uh, other than that, brother, man, first and foremost, thank you so much for your service to this country. I didn't get to say that in the beginning. I appreciate you. Absolutely. It's, it's amazing to finally get to connect face to face and have this conversation. Thank you for being here and being a part of this. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. And, and like always, I appreciate you and, and, and I appreciate what you're doing. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all in the next conversation. Cheers.